we're doing this. But some of us don't eat no meat. Some of us don't even eat uh, milk, dairy. We don't, I mean, none of that. But we don't eat no alive food either. Y'all have greens. Like, we had greens yesterday. But them greens were dead. You cooked them all the way down. There's no, more, there's no nutritional value in them anymore. They're just good roughage. Anybody know what roughage is? <laughs> they clean the system out. Come on, say amen. I mean, I, I, these are just things that we need to wisen up on. Other people are starting to get it. We need to get it so we can be around to see our babies graduate from school. Come on, say amen. amen. So we'll be able to play with our kids and, and, and be, a, a, be a better witness. Be a better witness. Be a better witness. I'm going to go here. I'm just going to go here now. I'm just going to say it now. You know, I was thinking as I was driving over here, you know, we as a church, uh, and we're not the only denomination. There are other denominations, uh, Pentecostals as well. I was talking to a Pentecostal pastor this week. And, you know, we, as a matter of fact, Adventists came out of Christian Connection, which has its roots in Pentecostalism, Methodist, so forth and so on. So a lot of stuff that we inherited, it wasn't unique to us, like not wearing jewelry and makeup, you know, that old, the old school ways of Adventism. That didn't, like, that didn't start with us. That didn't start with us, okay? That, that came from a culture in the, uh, in the early, early days, the 1800s, where modesty was assumed to be that you didn't wear makeup, you didn't wear jewelry, stuff like that. So just saying this, like, so, you know, you grew up in a church, some of y'all know what I'm talking about, like, didn't wear makeup, didn't, you know, so, didn't wear, you know, jewelry, all that type of stuff. But people still wasn't attracted to your walk because you was overweight. You look sick. Oh, come on now. I'm, I'm telling you, people would rather follow somebody who got piercings all over their body but look healthy. Okay, it's quiet in here. Then some, then somebody who, who skirt all the way down to the ground, but they overweight. You know, can't they, they, they out of breath just by walking in the house of God. I'm not trying to pick on nobody. What I'm saying to you is, is our health matters just as much as our external appearance. Yes, sir. And I was, I'm going to show you today that the way you take care of your health has a lot to do with how you look. All right. I know y'all mad at me already. I want to recommend two, I want to recommend two books for you to read. Uh, I don't do this too often, but when it's a good one, you need to read uh, the Creation Health Discovery and the Creation Health Breakthrough. Creation Health Breakthrough, for those of you who are a little bit more, well, actually, both of them are good read. This is more spiritual. This one right here is a combination of spiritual and science and was on Oprah's uh, top ten list, written by Seventh-day Adventist uh, Lady for the Hospital System, Monica Reed. Uh, you need to get these books so you can understand how to live the, 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 the best life that you can possibly live. Are you, would you say amen on that? All right, let's get into it. So our series has been created. A new you, we've been looking at creation health. Let's run through these very quickly. Creation is an acronym. For those of you who are taking notes, uh, get ready to take notes. If you can't take notes fast as I'm going, take pictures of the screen. Choice, first thing of C, represents choice. If you're going to change your lifestyle, you got to make a choice to do so. Next, rest. you got to get adequate rest. The importance of rest cannot be understated. Come on, say amen. amen. Uh, number three, environment. We talked about that last week. The importance of our environment. And all of us creates an environment. Let's look at this statement from, um, from the pen of inspiration. She says, every soul is surrounded by an atmosphere of its own. Everybody has an atmosphere. You brought one in here today. You brought an aura. You brought a uh, persona. Ellen calls it an atmosphere. What's, what's your atmosphere giving off? Is it positive? Is it encouraging? Is it full of joy? We've got to think about these things in terms of our health. Let's keep going to the next one. Next is activity, activity, which we're going to talk about today. Then, trust in God. How many know you can't turn nothing around in your life if there is not a spiritual factor involved in there? Especially when you have genetic issues, especially when you have chronic issues, especially when you have disease issues, especially when you have habit issues. 
Anybody talk to me on the habit piece? Like, you said, man, my stuff ain't genetic. It ain't disease. It's just habit. I'm just used to doing this, and it's hard to stop. All right? Going onward, um, interpersonal relationships. We're actually going to do a spinoff series after this just on relationships and how to have healthy relationships. Next, outlook is important. How we view life, our attitude, our disposition is critical. Nutrition is what we're going to end on, talking about what we eat matters. Now, we got one text that we're going to read today. This is the main text that we're going to read. It's very deep. It won't seem like it when you first read it, but this is the text that we're going to uh, leap out of. As I told you before, everything that you need in order to live an optimal life is seen in the book of Genesis, the second chapter. Matter of fact, Genesis 1 um, through 2, except 3, we kind of jacked up the whole situation. But in Genesis 1 through 2, 1 and 2, God laid everything, every principle for maximum abundant life is in the first two chapters of the Bible, the book of Genesis. And so we're going to dig another principle out of here. Matter of fact, all the principles of creation help uh, from, from the acronym are all in Genesis 1 and 2. Where are they, everybody? They're where? Genesis 1 and 2. Uh, point is, that might be kind of an important part of the Bible. Here we go. Here's our text. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. If you're there, would you say amen? amen. If you can see it on the screen, say amen. amen. If you can't see it, uh, have somebody uh, read it real loud so you can hear it. Amen. <laughs> Genesis 15 says, here it is, 2.15 says, the Lord God, read with me everybody if you can see it. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. I almost titled my sermon today, Work, 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 Work. But some of y'all wouldn't even have gotten it. You know, only, only like two people got it just now. Um, the Lord God, here it is, took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. To do what, everybody? To work it and keep it. One more time. To work it and keep it. That's our scripture text for today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, uh, bless us now as we examine this passage of scripture, as we examine this very critical aspect of our lives and our health. Uh, bless us now. Encourage somebody today. Comfort the disturbed. Disturb the, com the, com the comfortable. Somebody today uh, needs a little hope, needs a little encouragement. Uh, your spirit can do that. Uh, I, I don't have the capacity to meet everybody's needs. Preachers just do not have that type of ability, but the Holy Spirit does. And so we're asking for the Holy Spirit to do his thing right now. Father, if there's anything in the atmosphere, in our minds, in our hearts, that's going to hinder us from hearing the word, God, give us just a few moments that we can just hear what God has to say. Help us to look past the preacher, look past who's here, and let's just sit at the feet of Jesus right now and hear what Jesus has to say. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Is our prayer in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. So I did title our sermon, instead of work, 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 um, we're going to go with a mind to work, a mind to work, a mind to work, a mind to work, a mind to work. Somebody say a mind to work. A mind to work. Uh, last year, next slide, next, last year, um, oh, well, maybe it was two years ago, we did a series on the power of habits. Some of you may or may not remember that. And we talked about how critical the uh, habits are and how habits are formed. I want to uh, revisit just a few points on that real quick to set up our conversation for today. Um, we, we especially talked about how there are certain habits called keystone habits. What kind of habits are they called, everybody? Keystone habits that affect other habits uh, more so than certain habits. In other words, keystone habits are those habits that govern all the rest of your habits. What the book uh, written by Charles Duhigg, The Power of Habit, what it actually emphasizes is that if you can change a few habits, you can change most, mostly all of the other habits in your life. There are a few crucial habits and a lot of times, you know, especially at the beginning of the year, we're trying to change our lives. We just, I mean, we're trying to change everything. How many know you can't do it? You can't do that. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. How many had to hit the reset button three or four times this year? How many just quit and said, forget about it. I'll wait till next year, right? 
Um, but wisdom tells us, instead of trying to shift everything in our lives, let's look at a few things that really, really matter that influence the rest of our lives. Do you follow what I'm saying? There, there are a few things. Some of you may remember there's a few habits. If we give attention to these, they'll affect. Watch what it says. It says, keystone habits say that success doesn't, dep- doesn't depend on getting every single thing right, but identifying a few key priorities. Somebody say priorities. And getting them right. So we're going to talk about that right now. Go to the next slide. So one of the things, just by illustration, one of the things we told you, a keystone habit that has the ability to change a lot of stuff in your life, like some of you, and it might even seem connected, well, some of you having marital problems, right? Or you're having kid problems. Did you know if you get up early, you can actually address those problems? For real. (laughs) So you're like, I I don't even see the connection. Uh, Well, let's just talk spiritually for a minute. If you get up early, that gives you a chance to clear your mind, talk to the Lord, (laughs) amen, really spend time with him, and God can get to work on your children and your marriage, whereas you don't have to. Come on, say amen. Most of us are rushed, we're scurried, we don't have time for God like we should, we have time for everything else, but I've learned that if you get up early, it makes a difference. Look at some of the benefits of getting up early. Go to the next one. If you get up early, this is all science. Science says if you get up early, you get better grades. If you get up early, you'll be more proactive. If you get up early, you can anticipate problems. If you get up early, you're better planners. If you get up early, you have time to exercise. If you get up early, you sleep better. Actually, we're trying to get more sleep. Don't realize you sleep better if you get, if you, if you get up early. How many know why? Because if you decide you're going to get up to get up early, that means you're going to decide you're going to go to bed. Come on, say amen. Right? All right. All right, next. Uh, better sleep. Optimistic. Uh, your easier commutes. And then obviously the thing, you get that quiet time. I know some of us say, well, I'm not a morning person. Some of you work third shift. I get that. But in general, in principle, in principle, getting up early is not an option. It's a principle. It's a principle. Every great person that I've ever read about or know, including Christ himself, got up early. It's the way you get your day going and spending time with God cannot be understated. If you believe that, would you say amen? Another, another keystone habit. So a, a keystone habit is something like getting up early, and you see how if you get up early, it has the ability to shift other things in your life. You follow what I'm saying? Here's another keystone habit, eating together. Some of you remember this. If you eat together, that has the ability to change some other stuff. Let's go. Let's take a look at some of the benefits. Some of the benefits of eating together, it, 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 uh, uh, health uh, reduces uh, stress. It re- reduces stress in the family. <laughs> go figure, right? A lower rate of substance abuse if you eat together. Wow, don't even see the connection. Well, families come together, they're less likely to be stressed out. They're less likely to feel empty, less likely to use drugs. Y'all, less likely to use alcohol. Y'all follow? Uh, Teenage pregnancy goes down significantly when mothers, fathers, and children or single parents sit together and eat. Why? Because you sit together and eat, you actually have to do what, everybody? Talk about life. You got to talk about life. My kids can't stand. Uh, They're going to love it after a while. One day they're going to brag to their children about the lengthy family worships and lengthy dinners we have because of the conversation. They can't, I mean, I'm a preacher, so I just talk all the time. My wife has to shut me up. I mean, I'm preaching to my kids. I'm telling them all the time. I'm, I mean, I'm calling them to Christ, like, every meal. Like, that's what we do. Depression de- decreases. Increased grade point average by eating together. <laughs> Vocabulary is boosted by eating together. <laughs> Lower rates of obesity by eating together. Why? Because you're not eating out. Come on, say amen. You're more likely to cook a healthy meal. Let's go to the next one. So that's the keystone habit. Getting up early, eating together. Can change some stuff in your life. That's one time a day. One time a day. And then this is what we're going to talk about today. This is what we're going to talk about today. And this is why your boy is dressed up the way he's dressed today. This is why. I could have wore a suit, but I don't feel like preaching about uh, exercise in a suit. It didn't fit for me today. 
I feel real good right now. I do. It's all psychological. I really feel good right now. And I have a testimony to share. I am a living witness. Some of you say, oh, pastor, you're slim. You're not, you're not overweight, blah, 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 blah. Well, first of all, you don't see what's under this shirt. But even still, some of y'all, some of y'all are like, well, even if I, you know, it's still, you ain't as bad as me. Trust me. Just because a person is slim doesn't mean they're healthy. They're healthy. A lot of slim people I, I, I do funerals for. Health has nothing to do with just being overweight. Trust me on this. So exercise is another keystone habit. What's the keystone habit? First one is getting up in the morning. The second one is what else? Eating together. And the third one is exercise. That's where I want to land today. And, and, and listen to me, everybody. We've got to embrace this. And I'm going to show you why we've got to embrace this. Because this thing has the power to shift some major things in our lives. Major things. Some of you turned off already. Like, I, I mean, I can't deal. Either you exercise already or you're saying, I just don't exercise. I don't do that. All right, we'll talk. We're going to talk. Grace, grace fit. Grace fit. Lord, have mercy on us today. Help us, Lord. All right, let's get in. Here's some, here's some stuff that I, I found out. 70%. This is straight. This is crazy. Ten people stood up right now. Ten people stood up right now. Ten people stood up right now. Count seven. Three remaining. Those three exercise regularly. The average American, 70%. Here it goes. Of the U.S. population is not physically active. In fact, inactivity is said to be one of the greatest public health challenges of this century. One of the main reasons why folks are dying is not because of a lot of stuff we're saying. It's just that we have a society that's lazy. Some of us would not have made it in our grandparents' day where they literally had to wash clothes. Somebody, y'all, y'all tripping because I got to wash clothes today. That means you're going to load up a few baskets Come on, say amen. You're going to have to carry those baskets, and you're going to go to a machine, and you're going to either turn something, or you new school folk, y'all going to push a button. And you're going to add something to it, and then you have to fold them. Oh. Back in the day, come on, talk to me, somebody. Any, no, look, y'all, this crowd too young. Anybody know what I'm talking about? A washboard? Well, they washed everything, hung it to dry, then ironed it. And they didn't use starch in those days. Y'all not praying with me. That was work, 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 work. That was work, work, work. So, so look, the whole idea like of gyms, 24-hour gyms and, and, and personal trainers was not even an issue in the 19th and 18th and 19th and 20th century. Why? Because their lives, lifestyle, that's the word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Their lifestyle was active. Their life, y'all not hearing me, their lifestyle was active. Go to the next slide. Go to the next slide. Uh, now, it goes on to say, in the same book, says, it says, because most people lack the discipline. This is why. Most people lack the discipline and mindset to place their body under the initial suffering. <laughs> this is why folks don't work out. They, 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 the mindset to place their body under the initial suffering exercise, although it could save their life. You know, I mean, we, listen, I'm about to go through the science. Y'all know this already. If you're active, you live longer. If you're active, you're less likely to get sick. Bottom line, we know this, but it's uh, just like Dave Ramsey said. He deals with finance. One of the things Dave Ramsey said, every, a lot of people know what they should do with money. I mean, they may not know stocks and bonds and how to move stuff. Like, you may not all know that. But you know you should save money. You know you should pay your bills. But we don't do that. Why? Because it's not an issue of knowledge. It's an issue that we cannot discipline ourselves to maintain our behavior. Like, seriously, I'm out here preaching, and I, I just, I, I, one, one, maybe we should do something one year, Pastor, where we just, every member should preach. 
Yeah, yeah, just every member. So like, no, Pastor. <laughs> Number one fear in the, in the world is, is that you have to stand up and do public speaking. But you should see some of yourself sometimes. Some of you, and listen, no disrespect, not hating, but some of you cannot stay awake no matter what I'm doing up here. Like, like man, your, boy, your boy be flipping. I mean, I'm up here dipping like I'm running across. But, but listen, and there's a reason. It's not just sleep, sleep apnea, some of these things that are preventable. There are health-related issues. Let's go to the next one. Go to the next one. I got to roll. So basically exercise, if I could just make it as uh, exercise like a tune-up. Now, anybody, uh, like some of us don't understand this. Like we just feel like if I just put gas in the car, it will run. Come on, say amen. That's like just eating. Like if I just eat, then I'll be healthy, right? I'm not going to die if I eat, right? No, not quite. Uh, I'm not going to call a certain gender out here just because everybody does it. Amen. Shots fired, right? But, but, but you can't just put gas in your car. And I had this conversation with my wife early on in the marriage. Honey, uh, those lights that flash on mean something. It's an indicator that it's time to take it in for a tune-up, right? Your body is the same way. Your body, but the same thing, your body is the lights flash every day. Your lights are flashing every day saying it's time for a tune-up. What's the tune-up? Here's the most inexpensive tune-up that every person in this room can do. You can't cry the great black excuse. I don't have money. Exercise. Exercise don't cost you nothing but pays everything. Activity. Go on to the next one. Benefits. Here's some benefits. Ah, I love this part. Here's some benefits of Activity and exercise. Number one, walking reduces the risk of cancer and cardiovascular disease. We can go home right now. We can go home on that alone. How many of y'all are sick and tired? Every time I turn around, somebody getting cancer. Every time I turn around, and it's not the normal, it's not like what we used to think. It's not just folks who smoke. Come on, say amen. It's vegetarians getting. It's folks who are in shape that are getting. Come on, y'all. It's in the food. It's in somewhere. I don't know what it's in now. I mean, it just seems like it's everywhere. But one thing that we do know in our control, something we can control, is that, listen, exercising actually reduces greatly your risk of getting cancer. So instead of going to the funerals and seeing loved ones die of cancer and crying your eyes out, your next move is to get you a plan so that it's not you. You want to reduce cancer? And this young folk here, because some young folk are like, I don't need to exercise. I'm good. Like, I don't want to get cancer. I have you, some of you, you know everybody's been affected. Everybody's been affected by somebody who's died of cancer. Raise your hand. You know what I'm talking about. When you see somebody dying or suffering from cancer, I mean, that rips your heart out to see the ordeal they go, chemotherapy, radiation, all these kinds of things. Now, I know we're not saying across the board. We're saying it reduces the risk. It's a holistic lifestyle. Some of us will get cancer, but I'm telling you what you can control. Don't, you can't control what you don't know, but what you can control is right now, and right now you can say, I want to take care of my body. I want to do the things necessary to make sure that at least I know I did what I could to reduce the risk. Are we here? I don't want you to feel condemned on this. And I know certain, there are certain situations that are different. I mean, we've seen people like Lance Armstrong and others who, who, who are great athletic, so forth, so eat well, still get cancer. But science says it reduces the risk. There's a difference. It, redu- it doesn't say it eliminates everything, but I, I'm for the reduced risk. I'm for that. Amen? Number two, it reduces stress. They say, listen, check this out. Those of you who struggle with depression and anxiety, 
Research shows, check it out in this book right here, this book right here, Creation. research shows that you actually, ha, you actually, you actually, when you exercise, there are endorphins that are released that are so potent, they are as potent or if not more potent than the antidepressant Zoloft. You get you a natural antidepressant by exercising. Do you know why I'm so geeked today? Seriously. I exercised this morning. I did. I didn't run. I, I run most of the time. But that's a whole testimony. I can't even wait to get to that. I walked this morning, and I, I'm proving it. I'm serious. When you, uh, the initial, when you initially start to try to exercise, it sucks. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, for real, just the feeling of getting out, out of bed. It takes, book says it takes you 20 minutes to even get the high. But at some point, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You get this feeling. Come on now. You feel, I feel good today. I feel I can run through that wall and live. I feel that way. I feel good about life. My attitude is different. But when I don't do it, I notice that there's a thing. I know what I'm talking about. Number three, more energy, clearly. This is not coffee, saints. That's a whole number. That's a, that's a narcotic, by the way. Caffeine's a narcotic. Some of us are on that heavy. Like, we need, to, we need to chill on that, right? Number four, number four, number four. Number four, benefits. It lowers blood pressure. Number five, it controls weight, obviously, right? Number six, it strengthens muscles. Number seven, for those who struggle with nicotine, if you exercise, it reduces, it reduces the possibility of you continuing to smoke exponentially. Number eight, it stops or slows down diabetes. They, they don't want you to know that. Yeah, y'all, y'all not hearing me. All the dialysis centers around here, they don't want you to know that. I was talking to Sister Estella Williams, and she was just talking about how years ago, there was no such thing as dialysis. Huh? Oh, come on now. I'm sorry. Let's just call it what it is. You'll say, well, the science had not progressed back then. Yo, listen, anybody seen anybody have to go to dialysis? I don't want that for me. And I'm not rebuking anybody who has to experience that. But that's not the life that God intended. And one way to stop that is by getting out there and doing something. Right? Number nine, good looks. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Like, that's enough for me right there. You know what I'm saying? Your boy, your boy wants to be desirable to his wife forever. Come on, say amen. Oh, y'all not praying with me. Y'all get so uncomfortable when I talk like that. The marriage bed is undefiled in the name of Jesus. I waited my whole life to be able to talk like that and yet live. Come on, say amen. I'm blessed of God. Y'all all squirming in your seat. There you go again talking about marriage. It's a beautiful thing. I want to celebrate marriage so much that you're like, I want what he has. Come on, say amen. I'll tell you what it is. I lay down to, with the same woman every night. That's why I feel. That's scripture. Amen. Come on, sister. Praise God. Praise God. All right, number, number 10, you age slower. Translation, you don't die as soon as you would. Come on now. If anybody should have a reason why they want to be more active, you actually decrease your chances of dying sooner. You extend life expectancy. My great-grandfather died at 107, and his wife died at 99, cruising, and he went to sleep. He didn't die. He went to, your boy went to sleep, giving us statistics of baseball statistics from back in the 30s, quoting whole chapters of the Bible, could quote Revelation from backwards to forth, just before he died. Why? Did he go to a gym? No, he worked. He worked in, he was retired, but he worked in his yard. He worked in his garden. Why oh, y'all not hearing me now? He preserved food. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Y'all know what I'm talking He was in that lifestyle, and it perpetuates life. That's enough for me right there. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. 
Watch this. In this book, Creation uh, Health Breakthrough, watch what it says. Ooh, don't miss this. Your exercise capacity is more power is a more powerful predictor of mortality, oh, this is heavy, than all other risk factors, including your family medical history or diet. Wow. Let me, yeah, yeah, I did say that. So, so listen, what this is saying is, is they tell you that genetics, they tell you destructive behaviors, these are the major influences on your health. What this is saying is, is watch this, watch out science, watch out medical industry, the word of God is about to rock your world right now, here it goes, the number one predictor of your health is how active you are, not what diseases were in your family line, stop making excuses and say everybody in my family was sick, the devil is a lie, how many don't receive that right now, how many receive what God has to say, and that's if I'm just a little active. Go on to the next one. If you are physically fit, you can cut your risk of premature death in half. Are we here? Talk to me, Rudd. Am I, I mean, I'm, I'm reading out of the book. This ain't even Adventist. This is the book. Go ahead. Go to the next one. So most of us have this. It's called a sedentary life. Would you say that? Sedentary life. Those of you who are new here, we believe in teaching everything. We're just not going to get up here and shout and fall out. Like somebody need, look, after you fall out and you shout, you still got to go to dialysis. I, I don't want you to have to go no more. Come on, say amen. We just saw earlier you can stop or reduce the amount of time you're taking them pills and using those drugs for dialysis and diabetes simply by doing something you don't even have to pay for. Now, now, let me say this. The whole point of my sermon today is I'm going to create this euphoria in the beginning about how awesome exercise is. And I'm going to tell you why we don't. And that's where I want to take you to the word of God. There is a critical reason why we don't. And listen to me now. Please don't miss what I'm about to say. The reason why you don't is so critical because it's going to reveal why you don't in other areas of your life. Why you are stuck and why some of you will forever be stuck because of this reason. So you better hang on. A sedentary life equals disease, depression, and death. Doing nothing. Not being active. Next slide. Next slide. So if you Google the word work, I want to talk about sedentary lifestyle. If you Google the word work, the first picture you will see in images is this. What does that picture tell you? Is she working? She's working. She's working in our context of what work is. Now, go and ask some slaves... What is work? You can't work without exerting energy. Some of us feel like we're doing it. I, I mean, I'm grinding. I'm passing. You don't understand. I work all week. You, you sat down at a desk all week. <laughs> you had the copy machine all week. <laughs> you broke no sweat at work. Let me just throw this out here real quick. There's some research coming out right now about health that says if you do two, these two things, you're going to experience Greater optimal life and will live longer. Two things, real quick, doesn't have nothing to do with meat. It says this, eliminate refined sugars and sweat four times a week. Eliminate refined sugars, that's in everything, pray church, huh? And sweat. We say work, and, this, and work for us, and like, can't nobody tell us we ain't working. Like, we, oh, Pastor, you don't understand. I, I do this, and you do it. You're not, you're not active, though. 
Your work is sedentary. I spend so much time in my car. In my car. Some of you sit down. <laughs> like, work, 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 work. All right, go to the next one. A sedentary life equals physically inactive. Watch this. I'm going to tell you what it is. At work and home and, here it is, failing to participate in, next slide, at least 20 minutes of exercise, exercise three times a week. So, Pastor, how do I know if I have a sedentary life that causes disease, death, and depression if you are not exercising three times a week for 20 minutes? And if your job does not require you to sweat? And if you're not sweating at home? That's why 70% of us have a sedentary life. Are y'all here? And so your only option is death, disease, and depression. Right? All right, let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. The top six reasons why people don't exercise. Let's just talk about it. Let's, get, let's, <laughs> let's just blow these excuses up right now. Now you know what we're going to do, right? Here to talk. This is straight from WebMD. I'm the Google preacher. I'll go Google in a heartbeat. WebMD says this, all right? Top six reasons. Number six, I tried before and I don't anymore. That was my reason. I buy all the videos. You know all the infomercials? You see, like, Tony Horton and P90X. Every, I, buy, I mean, even hip-hop abs. Come on, pray church. Pastor was like, just trying to, like, I can't dance to save my life. But whatever. I, if I see the video, I'm inspired. I, I'm, I, I, I'll buy it. I bought almost all of Beachbody. All the Beachbody videos, I got them. All of them. <laughs> okay, maybe not all. But almost all of them. And I, listen, man, I, Tony Horton, uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, 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 insanity. Sean, uh, Sean T. Oh, I got them all. But I lack consistency in Cleveland. Lord have mercy. Everybody in Cleveland is active when it's warm. But, man, this winter is so brutal. Come on, talk to me, somebody. It's hard to get up in the morning and consider to do anything, even inside. Just because of the idea that it's cold outside. Amen? Number, let's keep on going. Number five. Another reason, uh, excuse, why folks don't work out, exercise, are not active. They don't like to move. Pastor, I just don't like I'm sorry. I don't like moving. All right? That's it. I just don't want to move. I don't like it. All right, number, number four. Another reason is exercise is boring. I'd rather watch TV, Pastor, than to exercise. Uh, I, I'd rather watch somebody exercise than have to exercise. Number three, family responsibilities. Come on, say amen. We're getting higher. This is real. This is real, right? This is real right here. You know. Number two. Too tired. Amen? Amen. That should be number one. (laughs) Because most of us are tired all the time. Seriously, I was concerned about my health a little while back because I was tired all the time. Now, let me do say this. I want to say, can we talk about rest? I believe in taking some naps. (laughs) If you call me, and and y'all, some of you are mad, you know, well, I can't take a nap in my job. Well, you chose that career. Let's go to Italy, where they have, where they have Italy and, 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 and South America, where they have siestas, two hours for lunch. They go home, cook, take a nap, go back. Look, I'm telling you, I, every day I can't, but if I can grab me a nap, I'll, and listen, I've learned the power of a power nap. Come on, say amen. Some of y'all got, get power naps in church all the time. You know what I'm talking about. You know. You know what I'm talking about. Too tired. Number, th- number one. Now, here's the number one reason folks say that they, they don't have time. That's, I don't have time to exercise. 
Yes, and that's what is going to happen in your life. You're not going to have time to live anymore. You're not. If you don't have time for it now, you won't have time later. All right, let's take a look. Let's keep, let's keep, let's keep rolling here. So here's some more excuses, but here's what people are really saying why they can't work out. Y'all ready for the real? Let's keep it 100 reasons why people don't work out, why people don't exercise, people don't walk. All right, here it goes. I hate sweating. It's research. Some folks don't like to get sweaty. Now, next one, I hate being too hot. Next, I hate being out of breath. <laughs> uh-huh. I hate when my hair gets messed up. Black sisters, talk to me here. Listen, if you got to go natural, then go natural. If that's going to get you to exercise. And, and the styles for natural have so shifted. It, I mean, it, look, it looks awesome now. Come on, say amen, somebody. But some of, I'm, I'm seriously, I'm, I know what I'm talking about. Some of my black sisters will not work out because they just got the fresh perm. They can't sweat that out. Well, I mean, well, take some seasons where you do have it and you don't have it so you don't have no excuse not to exercise and live longer. Your hair going to be straight in the casket. Or hair straight in dialysis. I'm not proud. I mean, look, come on, somebody. Are we here? Is this making sense? I'm not trying to pick on sisters. I'm just, come on now. Bro. I mean, us brothers, we I mean, like, your boy bald now. So it's, we just make up excuses like we too busy, we, we work, all this type of stuff. No, no merit whatsoever. Next one. I hate sore muscles. <laughs> That's why I don't exercise. I, I hate to be sore. Okay, keep going. I hate blisters and calluses. I hate getting wet in the rain. I'm not going out. It's raining outside. I'm not working out. <laughs> All right, go on. I hate getting out of bed when it's dark. Next, I hate going out at night when it's dark. You know, like you have just eliminated all options. <laughs> go on. I hate getting dirty. Some people, seriously, some people don't like the feeling of being sweaty and dirty, so they refuse to work out. Exercise. Next, I hate working out in front of people, and this is legitimate. Some of us are ashamed of how we look, and we go in there. But look, go to Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness, man, I love their whole mantra. No judgment. You go in there, everybody, all shapes and sizes. And, you know, some folks, they just bold with it. They don't care. They, I mean, they, it don't matter. Come on, say amen. They're not ashamed at all. They're like, I ain't studying you. Anybody know what I'm saying when I say that? I ain't studying you. I'm trying to get myself together. Like, now, you can worry about me all you want. But a little while, I'm going to be posting on Facebook before and after. Come on, say amen. It's going down. So we, we, we should not trip on that. Some of these psychological reasons hold us back from a better life. That's all we're saying. Next. Now, here's the real reason. Here's the real reason. I'm going to give you a text of scripture that's going to challenge the real reason that we're done. Here's the real reason people don't work out. The real reason we don't exercise or not active is our desire to avoid any experience of discomfort. Now, I'm coming, I'm coming down all of our street right now. So let me tell you, so I'm wearing this shirt today for a reason. This testimony right here. Like, let's just be honest. I was athletic. There's a difference between, like, being athletic and being active. Some of us are athletic. We enjoy sports. It's ego. It's all that involved. But I wasn't, I didn't, I never was a gym rat. I never worked out. I mean, I'm not saying this to be, I'm saying I didn't have to, especially in basketball, I was good. So I didn't have to, I went in the gym working out. I just, I didn't do all that. 
And so now I'm 40. <laughs> My dad told me, he said, 35. He said, some stuff's going to shift in your body. Love him. I said, whatever. It's not going to go down. We made fun of my dad's belly. You know, said six-pack chains and two liters, and, you know, now he got a keg. We, I mean, all the jokes. We made fun of him. And I'm telling you, slowly but surely, I started seeing that. And when you have children, you start slowing down. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And then I'm at a place now where I'm not playing basketball as much anymore. I'm not out there playing flag football and all the other stuff that I used to do. So I'm actually doing nothing. The only time I'm working out is when I'm preaching. That's it. I'm not doing anything. Now, here's the thing. So my wife has been running for a while. And she'd be like, come on, run with me. I'd be like, go ahead. Because, and here's my excuse. Every time I run, I get this burn in my legs. Now, what I found out was is, is, is basically called lactic acid. And the lactic acid builds up in your legs because it's replacing oxygen that you normally should get. So basically, it's telling you you need to exercise more. But here was my reason. I did not run with her, not because I wasn't athletic or in great shape or, you know, that type of stuff. It's just because I hated the feel of that burn. I'm telling you, the burn in my legs would be so discouragingly bad that I would stop and be like, I can't do it anymore. And so for years, I'm talking about my wife's been running for years. So for years, it's, it's a trip. I can say this now. For a decade. No, for two decades. Life goes by so fast. I did really nothing. And so Linda Bozeman said, listen, we got this 5K coming up. I said, man. Ego got me out there, to be honest. Fred Bozeman talking trash and stuff like that. And I, I felt I was like, I, now what's, I like, you know, and when you're just totally dumb to this stuff, you're like, what's a 5K? Like, how far is that? Three miles. Three miles? Oh, come on. I can do that. So I started trying to get ready for it. So I would go out and walk. When I started walking, I'm telling you, when I got about to the mile mark, my legs would feel like they were on fire, and I'd be done. I'd be done. Some of y'all know where I'm going. I'd be done. I, I called a buddy of mine. I said, listen, dude, this is terrible. I, it shouldn't be like I'm just getting punked out by the burn in my legs. There's got to be a solution for this. He said, what you need to do is start running sprints. I went to Cleveland Heights. I was determined. I was determined. I was like, if I got to suffer through it, I'm willing to do it. I got to get through this. I got to stop making excuses. I got to stop doing that. All the black diseases are in my family. All of them. And now I'm looking 40 in the face and I'm saying to myself, 50 will be here, not too, not too far away. When I was here, my kids were little. I came here in the 30s. And now I'm like, this is, like, I'm like in that place right now where I'm thinking about life. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, right? He said, man, you need to start running some sprints. You need to run the stairs. He said, when you feel the burn, he said, run as fast as you can. When you run, so I'll go out with my wife, and we run, and I feel the burn. He said, when you feel the burn, he said, sprint. So I start doing that. Next thing you know, it start going away. Man, this, by the time the race comes, I was like, I'm going to run the race. Man, I ran the race, man. I ran a five. You don't understand. Like, you're assuming, oh, yeah, right. I ran a five. I had to wear the shirt. I ran a 5K. I felt so good after it. I was like, hmm, Kashim. The next day, next day, no lie, probably shouldn't have done this, but the next day I felt so good about it. I was like, man, I can do it. <laughs> Y'all, you don't understand. Like, when you finally accomplish something, like, I can do it. It's the same feeling I felt when I hate to write, but I said, I'm going to do a doctorate, which means you got to write 200-page paper. Uh, but but I, I said, I'm going to push through the uncomfort just so I can prove to myself that my mind is playing tricks on me. And I'm not going to let my body tell me what to do. So, 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 so I ran that 5K the whole way through. I didn't stop to walk. The next morning, 
I said, man, I wonder what a 10K is. I guess, you know, you do the math, huh? <laughs> Six miles. Dude, I, 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 next day, I ran 10K for fun, for breakfast. And now, listen to me, for me to say this, you don't understand. I love to run now. No, 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 no. Y'all don't get it. Y'all, y'all, you're supposed to run. I hated to run. Let me just be honest. I didn't hate to run. I hated working. I hated being uncomfortable. I hated change. That's what I'm trying to tell y'all. Even if it, if it was running or if it was reading or if it was advancing my career or if it was advancing my education, let's be honest. My problem was none of those excuses I was making. My problem is, is I live in a lazy culture and anytime we feel a little pressure, anytime we feel a little uh, squeeze, anytime we feel a little uncomfortability, we quit. And that's why many of us are going to be lost. Because anything that requires you to change, you won't do. Anything that requires a little more effort, you won't do. And the Lord says, the way you treat your body is connected to the way you treat your soul. That's why you're not steady and getting up in the morning. That's why you don't spend time with God like you should. Because anything that requires you to step outside of your comfort zone, you're not going to do it. And the Lord said, I don't want you in a place where your body is telling you what to do. Command your flesh to get in line with my spirit. Man, I I saw Sice this morning. I was like, everybody wearing suits. I said, I got to wear this today. This is the first time I can testify about it. I got the same shoes I got on when I ran the race. Come on in here, somebody. Hey, these are the shoes that got me over the finish line. Uh, Yeah. And I paid $20 for them at Marshall's. You can do this. The number one exercise that we can do, and a lot of us were too young. My thing was, I'm not going to walk. I'm athletic. What am I going to walk for? That's going to look real weak. 30-year-old dude out there walking. Like, why ain't he running? You know, walking is ass or more beneficial than running. And come on, somebody. Some of y'all know you get the right pace on that thing. I mean, I be seeing folk, look, they walk. It's stronger than my run. They be like... Killing that thing. I mean, everything is at work. It's the most natural exercise that we can do because we were designed to walk. It's the most natural one. And everything is at work. Endorphins are being released, giving you energy, giving you positive outlook. I mean, you're just getting high off the experience and you're able to talk with God. That's all I want to talk. Walk, 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 walk. Do something. But don't do nothing or you will get diseased, depressed, and die. Make time for your body. Pastor, the neighborhood I live in is not conducive to exercise. Come on, that's real. Come on, somebody. There's some neighborhoods in here. But let me tell you this. Uh, Pookie and Ray Ray and them ain't up there at 530. Very few people getting shot at 530, except if they're at the club. Come on, y'all. Listen, I don't care what neighborhood you go in in Cleveland. There's very few people up 5, 30, 6 a.m. in the morning. Come on, somebody. All the excuses we make are just that. They are excuses, and they are excuses with, with, more, with, with mortal consequences. Next, next, I'm about to shut it down. Theories of human behavior have long shown 
that immediate experience next often outweighs future rewards. So in other words, I'd rather get these next five minutes of sleep not realizing that the habit of getting an extra five minutes that turns into an hour is going to take out five years of my life. So we say, uh, forget the future, I'm going to live in the now. And I especially want to deal with this thing of outlook and depression. Pastor, I, I, I'm not, I don't know what the clinic, I, I don't know none of that. I do know that the Satan always trying to discourage me. I tell you this, I feel so much better when I'm chilling with my family, when I'm exercising. Just does something for your boy. Feels good. Listen, even if nothing has changed on my body, when you exercise, tell the truth. Does something psychological to you. You're going to look in the mirror and you're going to be like, whoo. Weight, weight ain't changed. Come on, say amen. Nothing has changed. But then you, don't, you start seeing stuff that God don't even see. You're like, look at that. Your boy done cut. Cut. Is that, is that a pack? Nothing has changed. I'm telling you, I don't know what it is. But after I exercise or work out, I look in the mirror, and your boy be like, whoo, a change has happened. <laughs> something has happened. I don't know what it is. It's just something, and your, your outlook changes, y'all. Next, 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 next. Now, that's, that's, that's most of your testimony right now. That's why you ain't further along in life. That's why you ain't finished school. That's why you keep going through the same stuff over and over again, because you don't like to work. You don't like effort. You love to be comfortable, and you're never going to change as long as you see barriers and say, I'm not going to try to hurdle them. I so love the Olympics. I know they were dogging the Olympics this year, y'all. Oh, but I'm so glad that the Olympics. I love the Olympics. Look, can I tell you why I love the Olympics? You, love, you, love you know why I love the Olympics? This, this is better than, it's better than like the, the Cavs. I mean, that's great. That was great for our city. But see, th- those are millionaires. Whether they win or not, them dudes going on. That's why all these cats is like stepping in. I'm not participating in the Olympics because of what's going on down there. And they're all golfers. They got millions of dollars. It's all ball players. You know what I'm saying? They got guaranteed. guaranteed Westbrook got 50 million guaranteed. <laughs> 50 million. I mean, these boxers, like a Mayweather, 500 million. Please let me get in the ring with him. I promise you. I will fall on sight of him and collect. I collect 500,000. I'll do that. But the Olympics is different because you got regular people who they're, and kids who for their whole life have been training the boy for one moment. Oh, I'm talking about where their dead bodies floating down there. You know, they say their body parts floating up on, on the beaches in Rio and that the water is unsanitized. You got some kids, man, from Iowa that have been training for the deadlift for 20 years of their life. They're saying, I'm not letting nothing stop me from going. I'm going to get gold. The hunger, the desire. That's the difference between athletes and us. The reason why athletes do what they do, as I'm going to show you in a second, is athletes train their bodies. And these are people that don't even know God. But they, why do they train their bodies? Without the Holy Spirit. Because they got a goal in mind, and their goal is what drives them. Let me show you this. Let me show you these texts. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible says, uh, I have three texts. The Bible says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Next slide. You know what that blew my mind? Because in my mind, I'm thinking Adam and Eve, when they're created, they're perfect. Now, we're talking about perfect, physical, specimens. I'll start with Adam, then I'm going to go to Eve. Come on, say amen. Adam was a good-looking brother. Amen. Now, Eve, brothers and sisters. 
That's, that's why her name is Whoa Man. Adam said, Whoa Man. Lord have mercy. Just, I mean, you, you, you're talking about people who are in perfect physical health. So in my mind, if they're perfect, why do they need to work? You know why? There's not a text in the Bible that says, Thou shalt exercise. But you know, you know why? Because in the Garden of Eden, exercise was a part of the lifestyle. It's expected. I gave you this body because I want you to work it. And notice this. I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like they sit around like drinking like real pina coladas. <laughs> uh, totally unfermented. You know, it, I mean, Adam, Harv- I mean, he, I mean, he took, the, he took the, 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 the coconut with his bare hands and just harvest, harvest, I mean, with his bare hands, he made that, got fresh pineapple, you know, super sweet, just made it all by himself. And they're sitting up under the tree of life and they're, they're drinking vegetarian mojitos like, they're just enjoying life, just sitting under waterfalls. Like, we see them doing nothing. Tell the truth. In the Garden of Eden, you see them doing nothing. The Bible says, no, nah, I put you in the garden not to sit and do nothing. I put you to work it. Work. I want activity in your life. Come on, somebody. Next. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. Go to the next one. Next one. Next. Yeah, right there. Here's just another text. And I got one more text and we're done. Watch this. The Bible says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the what, y'all? To present your what? Now, the the Greek word there for bodies is life. In other words, God is saying, whatsoever you eat, whatsoever you drink, whatever you do, do to the glory of God. Listen to me. Listen to me, church folk. Some of y'all think y'all super spiritual and y'all don't take care of your bodies. You're not. I I prayed four or five times a day. But look at your body. Look at your, look. The Bible says if you love God, you'll not only take care of your spirit, but you'll take care of your body. How many know your body affects your spirit? We were not made to be compartmentalized. Y'all swear you holy. Don't exercise. Get out of here. Ain't nobody trying to hear nothing you got to say. You're unhealthy. Means you lack discipline. Come on, y'all. Let me testify. One of, one of the ways that I got over porn, other than accountability, the Holy Spirit prayer and all that stuff, because I'll tell you, I, I, deal, I, I minister to guys who deal with porn all the time. They call me, we talk, we work them through steps, so forth and so on, and all of them say the same thing. Pastor, I've been praying, Pastor, I've been studying, but I can't seem to get free of this addiction. You know what I'm talking about, some alcohol, whatever the addiction is, they can't get free. Can I tell you one of the things that help me to get free from porn? Exercise. You know why? Because I'm now telling my body what to do. And I'm not letting my body, oh, y'all not praying with me. I'm telling you, there's a direct connection between, between telling your body what to do and how you handle temptation. The first temptation was a temptation of the flesh. What you going to eat? You can't disconnect it. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible says if you're even going to work with the body, he says, present your body, live in sacrifice. How, Lord? Verse 2. I got one more text and I'm done. He says, right there, he says, do not be conformed to this world. This is how you do it. But how, y'all? Be transformed by what? If you are going to experience a change in your life, in your body, you must first adopt a change in your mindset. You cannot simply exercise and be active because you want to look good. You cannot simply exercise and work out because you don't want to die early. You cannot do it simply because you don't want to be depressed. First reason why you do it, because you've been bought with a price. And God owns your body. Come on, say amen. And God wants you to glorify him with your body. And therefore, you realize 
life, then in order for change to happen in my life, it doesn't start with my body. It starts with my mind. So I train. I take captive every thought. Thank you, Jesus. I take captive every thought. I take captive the thought says, don't get up. I take captive the thought says, you don't have to work out today. I take captive the thought that says, you don't have to eat right. I take that captive because I know that the devil is a deceiver and he wants to make me sit unhealthy, depressed, and die early. But I believe what God says. God says, he says, I shall live and not die. He wants me to have abundant life and I can no longer spiritualize being lazy and doing nothing with my health. My mind's got to shift. I got to start thinking lifestyle. Brother about to go on a date, so he started working out, push up. Like, come on. You're going to stop after it's over. I need you to think lifestyle. I need you to think my children. Come on, somebody. Last text. Go ahead. Number verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 9. We're going to start verse 24. Last one. It says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the what, y'all? So run. I love that. That's just like a biblical way to say, if you're going to get into the race, think win. Yeah, run to obtain it. He didn't say, I just want a participation award. What is that? I want to win. And I'm talking about in the spirit, y'all. Like, listen, I want to be, listen, I just don't, I want to get into heaven like this. Now, if I get in like that, so be, come on, say amen. But, but some of us, this is how we, our marriage, our parenting, our devotional life, our bodies, our, we, all we do is, we're just struggling. Man, Paul says, I want you to get in this thing like you're about to win something. Get in there, get on the blocks and run with your heart, your mind, and your soul. Think about your life like that. I just go to church. Man, come on now. Your church experience ought to affect everything in your life. And when people see you, they should say, boy, she look good. Like, well, why, why you look so good? It's the, it's the Lord. God is in my life. Come on, walk with me. Come on, somebody. Everything should bring glory to God. Watch what he says. He says, verse 25, he says, every athlete exercises, 1 Corinthians 9, self-control. Mm. In how many things? And they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we, uh-huh, uh-huh, I'm, I'm in here. So I do not run aimlessly. I don't, I, I, I do not box as one beating the air. Here it goes, here it goes. This is my sermon, y'all. But I discipline my body and keep it under control. No, who does that? Does the Holy Spirit do it? Oh. We're not talking about working our way to heaven. We're talking about putting effort forth. You're not hearing me. Like some of us, I'm just saying, the Lord's going to come into my life and everything will change. You have to do something. You got to do something. You got to put some effort forth because you are saved. He says, I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I might, no, did you see the shift? He says, I take care of my body. Why? So I'm not a hypocrite. If I'm preaching to others, I'm preaching the gospel, but I'm sick. I'm preaching the gospel, but my attitude is bad. I'm preaching, come on, somebody. 
The will of God is that we might have life and have it abundantly. Our strongest witness is not what comes out of our mouths, but what comes out of our lives. Let me, let, me, let me break that down. So notice what he says. Next slide. Go ahead. Is it frozen? Oh, is that it? Oh, okay. All right, so on my screen, <laughs> amen. So no, no, watch what he says here. He says, I discipline my body and keep it under control. Two words here, discipline and control. Now, the last word. When you use the word control, that's a Greek word that literally means to enslave or put in bondage. Come on, Willie. Come on. Enslave, put in bondage. Notice what the Lord is saying. The Lord is saying, I want you to beat your body into submission. The Greek word there gives a picture of somebody's eye becoming black or blue. He says, beat your body into submission. He says, and make it a slave. Now, Satan has caused the opposite to happen. We're enslaved to our desires. We're enslaved to our appetites. We're enslaved to nicotine. We're enslaved to wings. We're enslaved to macaroni and cheese. Come on, somebody. We're enslaved to sleeping in all day. I'm testifying. We're enslaved to all that. But the Lord says, no, I don't want you to be controlled by your urges. I want you to beat your body into submission. Tell your body what to do. Come on in here, somebody. Tell your body what to do. Tell your body what to do. Tell your legs what to do. Tell your, you got to make up your mind that I shall live and not die. Let me use this quick illustration. I was studying uh, Tom Brady. Because remember the text said, the text said, these athletes out here, they put their body under submission and they're not doing it for the Lord. So I'm studying Tom Brady. This blew my mind. Tom Brady, quarterback for the England Patriots. I hate him. Yes. <laughs> I mean, not like in the spirit. You shouldn't say you hate anybody. I'm saying I, I hate the Patriots. I hate it. Because they're always winning, okay? Yeah. Oh, but this guy is almost 40. He's almost 40. Real talk. And he still dominates. Cheating or no cheating. I wish he was my quarterback. Come on, say amen. Now, not only is Tom Brady vegan, doesn't eat refined sugars. But this is what blew me out about him. I mean, just incredible discipline, incredible workout. Not a day goes by, he is not investing in his body. He pays hundreds of thousands of dollars to be in tip-top shape. He even hired, he even hired a brain specialist to teach him how to increase his mind capability so he's able to see out of his peripheral vision before blitzes come. Something like this. Y'all know. Serious. This is what Tom Brady is. But, but none of that blew my mind like this. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. We know he'll cheat. They'll, they'll cheat too to win. So we know he'll do anything to win. They'll do anything to win, won't they? Do so you know he, he will not spare anything. So, but watch this. This is what blew my mind. Said Tom Brady, when he goes on vacation, his vacation is scheduled. Hold on. Hold on. Time out. Now I'm like, at least when he goes on vacation with Giselle, you know what I'm saying? They go over to the French Riviera or wherever they go that none of us can afford to go, uh, you know, all them places, Bora Bora, like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm thinking, you're on vacation, you do nothing. When he goes on vacation, he sleeps a lot, but he still works out every day. I'm like, on vacation. His vacation is regimented. He gets up at this time. He never stops the regimen. And I'm like, why is he doing this? He's doing this because he wants to win. He could have retired long. He want to win. He want championships. He want to beat the Browns. He want to beat everybody. It's crazy. These guys want to win. And notice what the text is saying. The text is saying, man, they do this for that. 
But you're doing it for something greater than millions. You're doing it for something greater. You're not listening. Lord says, look, I'm, your reasons are greater. How many of you want to be used by God to your fullest potential? Stand right now. To your fullest potential. Brothers and sisters, we can't do that if we're sick. Are y'all hearing me? We, I go, go to these funerals. Oh, it was their time. No, it was not. It was not. Not in every case. Come on, y'all. I want to encourage you to do this. Your heads bow, your eyes closed. Can you just, can somebody just make a decision today that three times a week I'm going to find a reason to sweat? And if that's your decision, come forward. Some of you are already doing it. Three, based on the word of God, I'm going to find three, three times a week I'm going to find a reason to sweat. I'm going to walk. I'm going to do something. But I got to do it. I got to do it. I've got to do it. I never thought I'd make this type of appeal. But I got to do something. I cannot. I cannot. And listen, all the excuses. Age, notice age is not an excuse. Age is not an excuse. Stretching, some of us have back pain. Bless the Lord for chiropractors. Thank God for a massage. I was having lower back pain 10 years ago after an injury playing basketball, and I had a chronic problem with it. You know what I stopped? Diet, stretches. Stretching, start doing yoga. Don't, I, don't worry, I'm not all into like the, you know what I'm saying, the Zen stuff. But the stretching part of it, start changing my life, feel good. I want to be used by God. I want to be able to get out there and be a blessing. I want my family to see me. I want to see kids graduate. And I don't want to be sick. But more importantly, I want to give him glory in every area. I want to be able to overcome sin in other areas because I, I discipline my body. Let's pray. Father in heaven. Many of us hate change. We hate effort. We are lazy. And we don't like to be uncomfortable. We need, we need a heart change right there. We can't do that. You've got to change our heart toward that, God. And when we fall down, help us to get back up again. When we miss a week, two weeks, a month, help us to get back up again. But help us to realize that we've got to adopt a lifestyle that shows that our bodies and our lives matter to the glory of God. There's somebody right now needs to be healed in this place. And I declare and decree healing in your life right now. I declare. The Bible says, the Bible says every time somebody would come to Jesus for healing, he would ask them questions. Do you want to be made well? And, and, and he would give them a choice. If you choose to be healed today, lift your hands right now. If you choose to be well today, lift your hands right now. It's not just somebody speaking over you or putting oil over your body. If you choose to overcome addiction, it's not simply a patch. I tell you what it is. It's the power of God and it's your will. It's when you make up your mind that I want to change. I want to be different. When you combine your made-up mind with the power of God, anything can happen in your life. You can lose 30 pounds, 20, 50. You can start getting elasticity back in your body. You'll become active again. Your joy, your outlook, your positivity will change. I know what doctors say, but how many believe the report of the Lord? I know what their research says, but how many know there was a bomb in Gilead, hallelujah, to heal the sin-sick soul? Let us rejoice right now that we serve a God that wants us to live in health.